Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. One little book, 600 churches. A young man stopped their international headquarters at Nashville, Tennessee, here about three, four years ago. And he wanted to go to the headquarters of where his grandfather had received one of these books when he was in elementary school. And he said that his grandfather got this book. He read it. He accepted Jesus, graduated from high school, got married, became a pastor, started a few churches, had five boys. Those five boys became pastors, started some churches. And those five boys had some children, and the person that received this little book initially had 12 grandchildren then. So if you're counting, that ends up to 18 people there. This was one of those 12 grandchildren, and this one little book was responsible for starting more than 600 churches there in the Philippines. A dollar and 56 cents it costs us right now, and that's going up. It used to be only around dollar 20, but COVID has hit us and uh, supply chains and so forth. But dollar and 56 cents, more than, fifth, more than 600 churches started there in the Philippines. Uh, do you two give free Bible lessons? Okay, it's nice if pastors respond that they give free Bible lessons, okay. The reason I ask that question, uh, there's a young man in Peru, and uh, he was in college there, and he happened to be there the day the Gideons were there. And they were handing out these little books. Now, we have different colors to keep track of distribution, so that would have been a green that he was getting there. It's, they're the same inside. But uh, he gets this little book, and he reads it. And you know, in other countries, sometimes they don't call it a little Bible or a New Testament, but they call it the book that tells about Jesus. So he gets this book that tells about Jesus. Through reading it, accepts Jesus as a Savior. Takes a job as a mining engineer. He didn't know one other Christian. He thought, I'd like to study the Bible with someone. So he puts a sign above his door, gives free Bible lessons. Well, nobody came, nobody came. Then one day, it was a pouring down rainstorm. During that rain, he saw water seeping in from the ceiling. Soon the floor was covered with water. He caught himself opening out the door, bailing out the water by the bucketful. While he was doing that, an old shaggy looking dog came in and picked up this little book, carried it out, and his teeth goes down the road with it. Gilly, the mining engineer, thought, I need my little Bible. He goes running after the dog. Of all places for the dog to go to, goes into a noted witch doctor's house. He thought, I can't. We're in there. I'll be cursed. He turned around and went home. Of course, he didn't have his little Bible. But, you know, about a month later, a knock comes to the door. Do you still give free Bible lessons? And I don't know what he would have done if it wouldn't have been the witch doctor. He didn't have his Bible, but... Here is the witch doctor. He said, the strangest thing happened. Here the other week, a pouring down rainstorm, an old ugly dog came into my house and dropped off this little book. I've been reading about Jesus. Can you tell me more about Jesus? That day, the witch doctor accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. And you know, like Paul Harvey would say, now you'll get the rest of the story. <laughs> He invited other members of his family back. Some of them accepted Jesus as their Savior. One day, the niece came over, and the niece accepted Jesus. And today, the witch doctor's niece and the mining engineer are husband and wife, and he's serving as a pastor there in Peru, winning a number of people to the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> now, you have the Gideons here on an annual basis, which was already mentioned, which we really appreciate. And you know there's given areas where we hand out copies of God's word. And one of them isn't to give it to a dog. But Isaiah 55, 11 tells us that God's word does not return into him void. So you people here are an integral part of this ministry. And I'd like to tell you this is your ministry. But it's the Lord's ministry. 
taking churches like yours, individuals uh, such as myself that are willing to go out and get God's word out, and she already shared. She took some of my thunder. The number of Bibles we're handing out, actually, it slowed down a little bit. We're about every, a million copies every five and a half days right now. COVID slowed us down a little bit. But you would have been correct four, three years ago. <laughs> Uh, but God's word going out and changing lives, and this church is an integral part of that. And uh, I just hope that you realize the power of this book. You know, it's even if a dog carried it, a witch doctor gets it. It's different. It's alive. And uh, that was already mentioned here. So we're so thankful for churches such as this that support this ministry. You know, sometimes... Uh, I'll read Psalms 119 when I'm speaking, have the message time. Should I read Psalms 119 here this morning? In case, in case you don't know, it's the longest chapter of the Bible. You know what the shortest chapter is in the Bible? Usually I get to hear Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse. But uh, Psalms 117, I think, is the shortest chapter. And then, you know, I think it's rather neat, and I did not check this myself. They tell me the middle verse in the scripture is Psalms 117. 18 verse either verse 8 or 9 and paraphrasing it states it's better to put your trust in God rather than man so you have a former pastor back here you have pastors here now put your trust in God they're here as God's servant do what they share but your main trust is in God and that's a great center verse put your trust in God rather than man uh, let's just have a short prayer father we're thankful for this privilege that we do have to share for a few precious moments here this morning with these people. Lord, we realize that we and ourselves are incapable to be behind the sacred desk. We need your help, Lord. Give us the, the verses. Give us the testimonies that you'd want us to share. And Lord, uh, if there be someone here this morning that doesn't know the Jesus of this book that the witch doctor didn't know about, we just pray that they would come to one of the pastors here this morning because we'd like to see that everyone here is able to make it to heaven to know the Jesus of this book and Lord for those of us that do know the Jesus of this book we just pray that we would uh, be determined to do as much as what we can for you knowing that life here is short and just uh, have your hand upon us Lord and we'll thank you for the way you care and provide your name we pray amen you know usually I'll share a verse right before prayer there and I just forgot about it, I guess, or maybe it's supposed to be that way. The verse that, that I was going to share with you is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And I have this memorized in the King James. I'm sure some of you do too. Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, typically when a Gideon speaker comes, they'll share how this is your missionary. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks in a year for about a six-year period. This is in the motel. You already mentioned about most of you seen this Bible in the motel. But, you know, only about 5 to 7% that we hand out are really going to the motels. But yet we're still known as the Bible in the, that we're people place the Bibles in the motels. So uh, in addition to being in the motels, we have it in cruise ships, airlines, attorney offices. Our wives, a very important part of the ministry, place it in the dentist and physician offices. And then we have the large print. I'm sure the Hiltons and Brother Whitmer and others have seen when you visit someone in the hospital or convalescent home. There's the New Testament and Psalms in a large print that we place. And then those that or being inducted into the military, incidentally, they'll get a camouflage color one going in the military. It's even different camouflages for different branches of the military that we have. And school children, fifth grade on up, we make these available. If we can't get into the school, the sidewalk, can't do that, the county agricultural fair. I'm guessing, was it Gratz Fair yet, or is that coming up? Okay, I'm guessing there'll be probably be a getting stand there. They'll be making these available. And uh, I know... Uh, we have a part of a fairly large group. I'm in Snyder. How many of you know where Mount Pleasant Mills is? How many of you don't know where Mount Pleasant Mills is? Yeah. I was in Calcutta, India, and a person didn't know where a person knew where Mount Pleasant Mills was. So shame on you people. 
No, Richfield, Middleburg, Freeburg, or neighboring towns, 10 miles from Sillins Grove, to give you an idea. Uh, so um, we, and we have a fairly large group of Gideons. We're going to spend four days up at the Bloomsburg Fair, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If you're up at the fair between 9 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the evening, you'll probably see someone from the Snyder County Gideons here at the, at the Gideon stand. And hopefully we'll have someone there all the time through the eight days of the fair. So uh, we make it available, school children. Uh, those working as EMTs, policemen, firefighters, nurses, other hospital employees, the small testament, and this, some people would say, well, my, why don't you give a full Bible? Uh, it only costs us about a quarter as much to place one of these as one of these. Costs us $5 to place this in the motel. And... I could share how people get saved just reading one page of the scripture. In fact, I think in El Salvador, where the Gideons had a distribution, and uh, probably a number of Muslim children there. But, uh, you know, I've handled, a lot of, handed out a lot of gospel tracts over the years, and uh, that, a lot of people get saved with the gospel tracts, don't misunderstand me, but I also saw a lot of them with five minutes, within five minutes seeing them throwing down. And not too often that you see the testament throwing down that manner, just a little more value. But it happens. And over in El Salvador, those Gideons went from one school to another. And when they came back by that school, there were Bibles were just torn apart, laying along the sidewalk, the road there. And they were somewhat upset, you know. You know, we wasted our time. Then they come to this little mini market light in the corner. There was a boy outside that was crying. And they went inside. It was an older person. I'm not sure if it's a father or grandfather anymore. But he was, he said, uh, can you help me out? He said, my grandson uh, was walking home. And there was a, this book torn apart. And he has this one page. And it talks about this person dying on the cross. And he said, he's just been in tears. And to make a long story short, that grandson and the grandfather both accepted Christ there, one page in this scripture. In fact, it's a, a lady, uh, I forget what state this is, it's one of the southern states, but uh, you know when you go to the grocery store or you check out of a, an apartment store of any kind, many times they'll say, do you have two pennies? Now, I guess you have to round it off. I know Wendy's for a while, you couldn't get any change from them. But, but uh, anyhow, uh, they say, do you have three pennies? Uh, yes, but they're Gideon pennies. What do you mean they're Gideon pennies? And then she'd explain, and everybody in line would give her these pennies. She would say, one of these pennies prints three pages in the Bible. And she said, I give all my pennies to the Gideons. So uh, she collects, she just gives hundreds, thousands of pennies to the Gideons when they come there to their church from what I understand. But so don't discard the small coins. Yeah. One page of the scripture can change your life. So we, most of the scriptures we hand out, we aren't handing out a million copies of these every five and a half days. But between the large print and the full Bible and the Testament, which contains the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, we are handing out that number of scriptures and lives are being changed. What I just shared is typically what a Gideon speaker would share when they come to your church. And I'm going to take you out to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Let's say Mark Whitmer there at the back, say he's a Gideon. He comes up to me at the end. He said, good presentation, but you didn't mention anything about the prison ministry. And this person's name was Bill Emmerich. He came up to the speaker. He said, you know, I used to go to the Fort Wayne, Indiana prison every Saturday morning for 25 years. And he said, this one week, the sheriff called me like Tuesday or Wednesday and uh, wanted to know if he could have his picture taken with Bill Emmerich handing out these recycled motel Bibles. I should have mentioned, when we take this Bible out of the motel after being there for a six-year period, we don't throw it away, but we give it a life sentence. We place it in prison. We give to inmates. So Bill Emmerich was handing out these recycled motel Bibles, and he shouldn't have agreed to this. Like, I came over from Mount Pleasant Mills. I could have gone up by Sunbury. It would have been four minutes shorter than coming down by uh, Clarks Ferry Bridge, I think. But anyhow, about equal distance there. And uh, 
I didn't see a one sign along Route 104 or 11 and 15, or I think it was 147 then, and then Peters Mountain Road, and whatever other route, I didn't say a one sign that becomes a Gideon, only costs $90, good investment, or the Gideons hand out a million copies of God's word in less than a week's time. No. And I don't think you ever saw a picture of a Gideon handing out Bibles in the paper. We really take a low-key approach when it comes to publicity, but we come to churches such as I am this morning to do that, and there's reasons for that. There's groups out there that really don't care at all for what we're doing. And if we make, make, give major publicity to things that are coming up, we'd have a lot more problems than what we do. We have enough difficulties now. So Bill Emmerich, though, agreed to have his picture taken that morning. So he hands out these recycled motel Bibles, and he's planning to give an hour message. And you give a good gospel message when you're in prison situation. So he takes the help and time and need section at the front and goes to the Gospel of John. He speaks for about an hour, gives an invitation. Nobody responds, so he's going to go out the door and go home. Sheriff said, no, photographer will be coming and speak a little longer. Now, he didn't have 15, 20 different messages. He could have just come up with a spot like these people could have here. But he, again, goes the same thing, helping time and need section, Gospel John. Speaks to about 10 o'clock. Opportunity to respond, no inmates responded. So, again, he's going to go home. Sheriff said, no, speak a little longer. Now, keep in mind, he had a captive audience. He couldn't walk out in him. You can walk out in me if I speak too long this morning. But he shares for that third hour. Help in time of need section, verses at the front, the Gospel of John. Not a one inmate responded. So he's basically out the door this time. I have to stop here, right? And, <laughs> and uh, Sheriff said, I'm going to call the photographer again. Please just speak a little longer. Still morning. So he speaks for the fourth hour. Help them tie the need section in the front. Gospel of John. Think those inmates heard. You'll get tired of hearing me for 45 minutes or so here. And, but they heard from him for one hour four times. <laughs> Twelve noon comes. Not a one inmate responded. He goes home. Told his wife, I just wasted my entire morning at the Fort Wayne prison. Did he waste his entire morning? Was he discouraged? I don't know what ministry the Lord has called you into. Rather obvious the way they did it. You have some people that were called to be part of a praise team here. You have been people that were called to be pastors. Maybe some of you are involved in prison ministry. I can tell you this past three years it would have been tough. And you'd have some people making fun of you. They'd say that's jailhouse religion. You can't rely upon that. And I'm not saying they didn't deserve to be there, but there's some good Christian people in prison that changed their lives. Never forget being up in the Allenwood complex. I think that was the maximum security there with Allenwood. Young man from Maine. He shared how he called his parents either every Sunday night or once a month on a Sunday night. And he said, you know, my parents have disowned me. He said, I did so many bad things, ruined their name. But he said, I'm going to make it to heaven. They aren't. He said, when I call them, I tell them, you have to accept Jesus if you want to make it to heaven. And some of the best service I was ever in was in prison service. So if you know people are involved in prison ministry, you pray for them. Uh, maybe you're involved in convalescent home ministry. Not much of that occurred the last three years either. But you see the heads nodding and so forth. You wonder, am I doing any good? Maybe you're teaching young people. Vacation Bible school. Um, even though in some cases children come from good parents and so forth, but they don't behave as you'd like. You wonder, am I accomplishing anything? And you ladies that over the holiday season and throughout the year, you're great when it comes to maybe taking a plate of cookies over to shut-ins or making a pie, or sending them a card, or giving them a call, and then you don't hear much from them, you wonder, or do they really appreciate it? Not that you're doing it to get praise, but let's, it's nice to know that someone appreciates what you're doing. Maybe you're inviting someone to church, they tell you they'll come, they won't. They don't. Next Sunday, they'll come, they don't again. You're praying for someone. We know what it says in James about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, but we also know that we expect more immediate results. Sometimes we're supposed to wait a little, and that's tough for us because we expect immediate results. But Bill Emmerich that morning, you already agreed he was discouraged. 
think he knew deep down within he didn't waste his entire morning. But 16 years later, he's downtown Cleveland, Ohio, handing out gospel tracts in the street corner. And this person comes down the street. He says, are you a Gideon? He must have seen this emblem. And Bill says, yes, I am. Why do you ask? And the person's name was Len Schellenbacher. He said, well, you see, the Gideons have something to do with my salvation. Sheepishly hanging his head, he said, I can't tell you who it was, but he said, I was in prison. It was a Fort Wayne, Indiana prison. There was a Gideon there that one morning. He spoke for four solid hours. <laughs> I'm sure Bill started paying attention. Then Schellenbacher said, when I got back to my cell, he said, I took that Bible. He said, those verses, help in time and need section was just what I needed. And he said, I prayed and I accepted Jesus as my savior. And he said, when I was released from prison, I led my wife to the Lord, a son, a daughter, a brother, and a sister, plus Len himself. Bill Emmerich finds out 16 years after he told his wife he wasted his entire morning that he impacted six lives that morning. I bet he never told his wife again he was wasting his time. And the important thing is that you are faithful in whatever the Lord has called you to. It could be last Sunday morning, your friendly group here. But maybe someone was here, you didn't know, they weren't in church for a long time, or maybe never, and they got out, you didn't have a chance to see them. But through what one of these people shared that morning, they changed their life around, they accepted Christ as their Savior. And they may not know about it till they get to heaven. Bill Emery found out about 16 years later, when I was in Nigeria, that was great. You know, so many of those people, they thought if they weren't a Muslim, they were automatically a Christian. You'd talk to them, oh, I was born a Christian. Then you go to some key verses, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, and never realized the value of that. For I deliver it unto you, first of all, how that I also received Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I probably missed a phrase or so there. But about halfway through that, they would say, I wasn't born a Christian. And they would accept Christ right there on the spot. But so many times, a person doesn't accept Christ immediately. But that doesn't mean that you aren't doing your job. Some of us are called the plant, some the water, and we don't always see the harvest. In fact, these two people won't know the harvest until they get to heaven. But Bill Emery found out 16 years later that he didn't waste his morning. Six lives were impacted. So keep in mind 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you forget everything else I share this morning, remember that. I'm known as a Barnabas sometimes among the Gideons, an encourager. But I can get down too. I remember coming back from Erie the one time. Usually I have someone with me when I go a great distance that way. But coming down 79 before I got to 80. And they weren't friendly people there that morning. At least didn't seem to me. And uh, just things didn't seem to go as well as you'd like. I thought... Why am I doing this? And then I thought of Bill Emmerich, and I thought of 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So the Lord has called some of you into ministry, I'm sure, and it won't always be a cloud nine type experience. So when you get down a little, just think of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and Bill Emmerich, how he found out 16 years later, how lives were impacted. Many times we won't know till we get to heaven the lives we've impacted. Okay, let me take you to, let's go to Albania, country of Albania. I was privileged to be there a number of years ago now. And Albania, I think most of you know, it's not close to where the United States is. I don't know how much you know about it. But it's the size of the state of Maryland. And they had the most communistic of all leaders in connection with the countries involved with the USSR. A fellow named Mahoxi. In fact, they pulled away from the USSR before you had the Yugoslavia breakup several years later when you had Croatia and Slovenia and all these other countries. Then we were there, you saw bunkers all over the place. At one time, Hoxie hadn't persuaded. Russia was going to destroy him. The United States was going to destroy them. And what was different in Albania, and I was warned about this before I went, but you forget. When you nodded your head this way, it was no. When you shook your head this way, it was yes. And I didn't know the Albanian language. And you know how we relate to head nodding. We'd be outside a police barracks, or they didn't call it the army, they called it the land forces there. And you'd think you're getting no places. I'd, and uh, because I'd see the heads going this way, you know, all of a sudden they'd open up. 
thank the Lord for Emmanuel who came up from Switzerland, was part of the Albanians, and he took me under his arm somewhat. I was left stranded a few times because I just wasn't with it. But uh, I was privileged to be there. And what was different about Albania, you know, we paid, we paid our airfare to go over there and you take care of your meals and uh, your lodging. Incidentally, if you think you'd like to become involved as a Gideon, make you rich here in this life, forget about it. It doesn't quite work that way. But we went over there, took care of those expenses. Then we get there, and the first night we're asked, would you want to pay for the salaries of the local Gideons that are taking off work? You'd think maybe they'd give us a little something, you know. But we find out they made 5 to $7 a day. So we took care of the salaries. There's five of us from the USA, one from Northern Ireland, one from Sweden. And then they said, would you like to have a pastor's appreciation bank at the end of the week? Well, sure. Well, then it's up to you seven. That didn't cost 15 20 $25 a plate like I might here. But don't think you'd like to be a Gideon that might make you rich in this life. In fact, if you see my car outside, you know it doesn't make you rich here in this life. But, uh, but I wasn't part of this distribution. I wish I could tell you I was. Six weeks after we left there, they said that it was this one church in the northern part of the country. We stayed in the capital of Toronto most of the time. There's about an hour's drive north of there. One church where the Bible was being preached. There was 75 to 80% Muslim overall. And there were enough Gideon and auxiliary men and women interested in becoming part of the Gideon ministry. They formed the local group of Gideons. And when I was there, they had seven groups. That would have been one of the seven groups. And I know for a fact in five of those seven was with the people. Not a one of them had a car because they couldn't afford it. But this group there, someone, maybe it's this very church here, gave a dollar and fifty-six cents, provided one of these books. Hundred and fifty-six dollars provides a hundred of them. And that group they were part of, they took up an offering for the Gideons to go out in the bus to hand out scriptures. They get Bibles because of a church like this, providing the funds, getting the scriptures there. That local church took care of the bus fare to get them out. They come to this one school, and one girl was there. She said, I'm a visitor. May I still have a copy? They told her she could. She takes this copy, and she reads, and she reads. And I wasn't part of this, but it was neat. Distributions I was part of. I could read this in English. John 3, 16, Romans 5, 8, and so forth. They could follow in the Albanian language. Had those key verses pulled out. And this girl, after reading through, comes to the back. She's signing that she's accepting Jesus as her Savior. Now, what should we do when we accept Christ? Be quiet about it or tell others? Tell others, right? Who is she going to tell? She tells four of her good friends what she did. And they said, well, give us a copy. Give us one. Well, no, she couldn't. She only had the one copy. But then after much pleading, she carefully takes the book of Matthew, tears it out, gives it to this person, book of Mark to this one, book of Luke, book of John, Say, you take it and read it. And in two weeks, she's changed. You know what happened after two months, or I wouldn't be sharing this. Four other young ladies accepted Jesus as their Savior. A dollar and 56 cents changed five lives. That's a pretty good investment. Wow. Amazing how the Spirit of God can take the Word of God and make a child of God. Yeah. Now, I'm a little confused with this part. I think Pastor Steve had mentioned there was a car display out here in the hallway. Maybe there is, or maybe, uh, maybe it got moved alongside. I didn't see it when I went out, but anyhow. Uh, okay. And that could be set outside if they, uh, they could pick some up if they want to when they're leaving here. Uh, okay. Well, what I share, it ties in with the testimony I'm going to share. Um, and if I were here seven, eight years ago, I wouldn't have shared this. But... Uh, at the conclusion of a church service within uh, two, three miles of where I lived, the pastor said, Bob, you have to share to the people what you just shared to the two couples that were leaving here. I used to go to uh, Gideon meetings. My wife and I became involved with the Gideons in 1988, I guess it was. That means I'm not young anymore, in case you're wondering. Uh, but uh, we go to these meetings, and there's a, there's a saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I guess uh, we, were, we were going to the meetings, getting water, but uh, available, weren't drink. We didn't understand this program anyhow. And then 
had an aunt who taught Sunday school class faithfully for many years down in Exeter, Pennsylvania, just outside of Reading. What are we going to get for Aunt Sadie? And we have one of the cards that's listed as in recognition or your special day, some of them are phrased. And we mentioned that we were going to give five Bibles and the program's based upon the cost of a motel Bible, which is $5. So we send a check of $25 in little envelope uh, off to Sillins Grove, uh, which is our address there. I think the one here, I think it may be an Eville or Halifax or Millersburg address, I'm sure, where they go to. But we send our check off there, and we take this card and gave it to Aunt Sadie. Now, it doesn't say anything at the back as far as $2.99 or $5.99. The cards are free. They tell me I can't use that term in the city of brotherly love. Uh, but they are free when you pick them up. But when you use it, we want you to give for one or more of these Bibles. So some people will give for one Bible, some will give for five Bibles, some will give for 50 Bibles, but we got a lot of Bibles going out because of people using that card program. So uh, when we, I prepared this, that we were given for five Bibles to Aunt Sadie, and then my wife writes a note here along the side. Now I don't know about the homes here, but where we have husband and wives present, does the man take care of the cards or does the lady take care of the cards? I know at my residence in Mount Pleasant Mills, the lady takes care of it. You know why that is? They can read her writing. <laughs> they, they tell me I should have a doctor degree because people can't read my writing. <laughs> and secondly, the thoughts are many times better. And Aunt Sadie was just so impressed with this card that we got her. She became emotional when she was reading it. She came back to talk to us afterwards, said, how could you think to get me such a nice gift? You know, we're moving the nursing home at Quarryville. We have to get rid of things. We get these nice doodads and whatnots. But to think that you gave money for Bibles for me teaching Sunday school class, that means so much to me. So we talked to Gloria. Gloria and I talked going home. We have to use that program more often. We stopped in to see Aunt Sadie and Uncle John uh, about six weeks later. Within five minutes, Aunt Sadie is thanking us for the card that we got her. It meant so much to her that we put Bibles out because of her teaching Sunday school class. So I worked at Middleburg and lived at Mount Pleasant Mills. If you know where Mount Pleasant Mills is, you surely know where Middleburg is. There's the end of Shade Mountain there, 104. And if they had all seasonals back in 1990, November, I didn't have them yet. And I didn't switch from summer tread to winter tread soon enough. So I got stuck in the Shade Mountain. One young man comes by and said, Bob, you need help. I said, I sure do. He said, jump in. I'll pull you out. He pulls me out of the snow drift there. I reached my pocket to give him 10 or $20. He wouldn't take anything. So told Gloria, my wife, when I got home, I said, I'm going to send one of those cars. Mentioned what happened and made it for three Bibles, I know. And there was no note along the side. My wife wasn't involved. But a little envelope I sent off for $15 to the Gideons there at the Sillings Grove address. Gave, send this to a young man. He stops to see me at work. Three, four weeks later, he said, Bob, he said, I told you you wouldn't take anything, but you gave money for Bibles. Just what was that about? And this young man was raised in a good Christian home. But at that time, he and his wife and two teenage children were not living for the Lord as they should have been. And I was really able to witness to him through using that card. So again, I tell Gloria, we have to use that program more often. And I can't say we don't purchase any cards, but we purchase very few cards anymore. Like this one that I've been flashing around is a thinking of you. We use it as a get well card. And believe me, you get to be my age. You have people that have uh, complications and so forth. There's uh, plenty of opportunities to send out a get well type card. And there's an in recognition card. You get invited to 40th, 50th, 60th wedding anniversaries if they need something. You don't know what it is. We just automatically give for Bibles in connection with it. There's the in-memory card. I can't talk to her about it, but my mother passed away in January of 2016. The night before she passed away in the hospital bed, she's squeezing my hand. She said, Bob, she said, make sure you tell the people to give for Bibles. There was money given to place more than 600 Bibles as a result of the life that she lived. And I have a brother that's Gideon down in York County. My parents were both members of the Gideons. Um, so her life is still changing lives as a result of money that was given for those Bibles that were being placed at that time. 
So I would encourage you to consider, and I'm going to say ladies, you ladies pick up a card. And if you're the, if you're the man in the household takes care of the cards, you can do that. I don't want to discriminate. But I think in most cases, probably ladies that are using the cards. And we get many, many Bibles going out because of people using that card program. Now, let's go back to Albania. That local group of Gideons there got Bibles again because of people using our card program. And that church they were part of took up an offering to send them out further to hand out scriptures. And here they come to this school those five girls were part of. The girl who got initially because she was a visitor, went back to her home school, and they go in carrying Bibles. And this one girl comes out. She said, you mean I'll get my own copy? You mean each of my friends will get a copy? And that Gideon, even though he's very poor, couldn't afford a car because of people giving in church offerings and our cards program here could say, yes, you'll get your own copy. Yes, each of your friends will get a copy. You see how a church like yours is impacting lives in 200 different countries, possessions, territories, 199 outside of the United States. We're in 200 countries. Even though you'd like to see double the number of people here, you are really changing lives around the world. In fact, you could have a sign out front that you're supporting missionaries in 200 countries, having us here on an annual basis and praying for us. That's what you're doing supporting missionaries in 200 countries. Democratic Republic of Congo, one of the poor countries that we're in, used to be known as Zaire. When I was in Philadelphia several months ago, a fellow was there that used to live there, and he told me what it was before, but I forget. They're constantly changing names. You know, there's not an Ivory Coast anymore. There's a Cote d'Ivoire, and, uh, but I get confused with them. But there in the Democratic Republic of Congo, this pastor was asked if a Gideon could come and speak in his church. And the pastor laughed at the Gideon. Gideon said, I don't understand. Why are you laughing at me? And the pastor said, well, you don't understand. He said, I'm a product of your ministry. And he went on to say that he was the medical doctor for the football team. That part of the world, he's the athletic trainer for the soccer team. But they went from Zaire over to Madagascar, the island country. And Pastor Gleese, he said, when I was there and didn't have to be with the team when they were scrimmaging, playing games, he said, I saw this book for the first time. He said, those self-helps in the front, they were so helpful. And he said, when we left Madagascar, I stole your Bible. Now, I don't agree with stealing anything, but if you have to steal something, this is the best thing to steal. God is a way of working in lies with stolen Bibles. And so Pastor Galisi takes her Bible back home in Conchaco, accepts Christ as a Savior, called into the ministry, and pastoring a sizable church there now. He said, yes, you're going to ask that they'll take an offering at the end. Yes, there's going to be a plate at the back. Remember, it would be very small because my people are very poor. But he said, only took one Bible to change my life. And he said, the Lord has used my life to change a number of other lives. So he wanted his people to have the opportunity to give. Now, I know this church has been very supportive here, which we appreciate. Uh, you do have an insert that's available out there. If you, didn't, if you weren't among the first ones that came, you probably got one. Maybe if you were among the first ones, you didn't, but there's some out there. Uh, if you aren't prepared this morning, you want to give. In fact, there's a QR code at the back. I got a smartphone. Don't ask me how to use the QR code. But there is uh, an envelope inside. I can tell you how to write out a check and put it in there. Or you can give it to them this morning and even save that 55 cents postage or whatever it is now. But anyhow, God's word is going out and changing lives. And we were just in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So uh, you have the opportunity to change lives here this morning, too, with what you give. That testimony I just shared, uh, shared it in Lock Haven a number of years ago. A person named John comes up to me and happens to be a Gideon now. But when he came up to me, he said, let me tell you about my experience in Madagascar. He said, I always depend upon the Gideons having a Bible in the motel. I like to have devotions before I go to bed. And he said, I don't always have my own Bible with me. But he said, the Gideon's always the one there in the nightstand or the dresser. He said, there in Madagascar, the Bible was laying open. And he said he went to pick it up to take it back to his bed. He couldn't lift it. Here he checked, it was a spike in the front cover and a spike in the back cover. He went down and inquired at the front desk. They said, we get tired of people taking that book and we just spiked them all down. So. <laughs> Not everybody steals their Bibles, but you can witness in connection with that. 
you may want to leave it open to some of your favorite scriptures. Uh, I'm sure more, an independent study showed that 24% of the people stop at a motel, read at least one verse of the Bible. Now, what happened in our situation out in Erie a number of years ago, at the, it was a Hampton Inn. They're in Erie, just off Peach Street, and uh, there's a dollar bill sticking out of the Bible. I said to Gloria, well, I said, this is different, and then looked, here was a note. They said, if you need this dollar, take it, but you probably need Jesus more, and they told you what verses to read to accept Christ as your Savior. And I think more than 24% of people would read a verse of the Bible. There'd be a note like that there. So, uh, but do us a favor. If there's a Bible in that room at the motel, thank them that they have a Bible in the room. Tell them you really appreciate it. If there's not one there, tell them you're disappointed that wasn't a Bible in the room. It seems one person can complain, they take them out. I think it takes about 100 to really say, hey, we're missing you. <laughs> but leave them know uh, if it's not one there that you'd appreciate seeing one place. In Colombia, no, take that back, Chile, there was an inmate. It may have been one in Colombia too, but this inmate in prison in Chile didn't want to have anything to do with the scripture. The Giddings would come, I'm not sure if it's a weekly basis or a monthly basis, but he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And uh, so that this Gideon comes in the Saturday morning and... This inmate calls him over and said, could I have one of those? And the Gideon was just shocked. And then what the inmate said, he said, I really don't want to read it. But he said, I just looked at those pages, his cellmate or another person, and he said, they would uh, be good for rolling and cigarettes, using them. So uh, the Gideon ended up giving him a copy but he said, will you promise me that you read it before you smoke it? <laughs> so this inmate, and this is a true story, he said, uh, if he were here, he'd say, I read Matthew, smoked it, read Mark, smoked it, Luke, smoked it, but John smoked me. He got to some key verses in John, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. And he became a Gideon and is now a pastor, as I understand it. He got a Bible with the wrong intentions, but it's a mighty book, and changed his life. You know, I'm sharing a lot about scriptures in other countries. Everybody has a Bible here in Dolphin County, right? Or I could say in Snyder County. You know, I, I used to think that somewhat. I was a Gideon for two, three years. I thought, why aren't we handing out all the scriptures overseas? And then an 81-year young lady lost her husband. And one of her Gideons took this Bible to her through a next of kin program, one like it. And the lady with tears in her eyes said she never had a copy of God's word before. Now, I'm sure she and her husband would have had the means to purchase one, but didn't have any interest in it. But at that time, it meant something to her. And then what used to be the Holiday Inn is now in a corner lodge where 11 and 15 separate there in the Shemokin Dam area. Head of housekeeping, when we're finished going around, I offered her one of these, and she said she never had a copy of God's Word before. Those are both in Snyder County. And probably some situations like here, in Upper Dolphin County of a similar nature. Let me take you out to Madison, Wisconsin. There were two young men that were raised in the church there. They were identical twins, Kevin and Keith Gillespie. I wish Kevin were here. I was with him in the program different times at Pastors Appreciation Banquets. I won't do merit, but uh, just, they were raised in a church and it must have been a dysfunctional family. They just, just talk about their mother. The age of 12, they told their mother that uh, they, would, uh, they would come to church. They'd act as though they're paying attention. They weren't really heeding what the pastor said. And uh, age of 16, they told their mother they were devout atheists. Mother said, I'm not going to argue with you boys anymore, but you can't stop me from praying for you. Mother prayed for those boys. They were good kids in school. 
They enrolled the University of Wisconsin at Madison. That's a land grant like Penn State is here in Pennsylvania. They were close enough they commuted. So first fall morning, their freshman year, Kevin gets off the bus. It's a cold, dreary morning, rainy. And if he were here, he'd say, my, look like uniforms. They had a, an umbrella, a top coat, a box by their side, and handing out green testaments. And he said, I come to the first one. He said, this is a free book. It's God's word, and this is for you. And he blasted into him for being there and so forth. Then he goes about 50 yards further, faced with another one. He blasted into him. And then he looks up about 50 yards, as far as the, every 50 yards, he saw one of these people. And he was already upset, confronting to him. So he comes to the third one. Okay, thank you. Puts in his pocket. Well, that won't work. They won't know I have one. I'll get it out and act as though I'm reading it. Act. He starts the beginning of Matthew. If he were here, he'd say they'd be gats. Not too exciting. Isn't it amazing how the New Testament starts with those begats? And that's what we hand out. But he said, I get about halfway through it. And it's a Christmas story. He said, I heard it many times, but I never read it before. He became engrossed in reading that. It must have been the second class of the morning. He was seated in the hallway there. He just kept on reading, skipped his class, went to the library. It must have been like a Tuesday or a Thursday schedule, continued reading it. And about 2.30 in the afternoon, he had read through the Gospels, the epistles, and he gets in the bus to go back home. And he kept reading it. About 10.30 at night, he comes to the back. And we have key verses there saying that God loves you. All are sinners. God's remedy for sin. All may be saved now. My decision to receive Christ as my Savior. Then it goes on assurance as a believer and getting involved in a church. He signed that he was accepting Christ as a Savior. And he thought, my, this person got healed, they told someone. This person got saved, they told someone. I have to tell someone. I'll go tell my identical twin brother, Keith. He was also a student there at University of Wisconsin at Madison. And to his amazement, he knocked on the door. It was about 11 o'clock at night. Keith said, come in. There was Keith on his knees by his bedside. He said, you remember, and I can get away with this. I don't think there's any other Gideons here. He said, you remember those old men that were there at the college today? He said, I took one of these books. And he said, I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. And Kevin said, that's what I did, and I just came to tell you. Now, think about this. Two young men that were raised in a church, probably a number of Bibles available to them. Some church provided the funds for the scriptures. A Gideon took verbal abuse in inclement weather and so forth, but a mother was praying and the Holy Spirit working. And today, Keith Gillespie is an elementary teacher, leader of his church youth group, Kevin Gillespie, I'm trying to get in here to share a series of banquets, but it didn't happen yet. But he's training doctors in Chicago, Illinois, or training chaplains. I meant training chaplains there in Chicago, Illinois. Do people need a copy of God's word here in the United States of America? Yes. This is a GPS. Does it look like a GPS? God's plan of salvation. Roadmap to heaven. I shared that in Philadelphia. I really appreciate the opportunity to share as I did. I was in Philadelphia within five miles of the Philadelphia airport here at the end of July. I had the grand total of five minutes to share. And one of my presentations was I had like five one-minute presentations. And the one I mentioned about a GPS and then mentioned how the self-helps at the front, plan of salvation in the back, and roadmap to heaven, and afterwards I had two or three people coming up, they want to be able to get these GPSs. And I'm telling you people who are here, you can get these GPSs by becoming involved with the Gideons or a friend of the Gideons, and uh, actually a friend of the Gideons. Even pastors, see, pastors can't be Gideons. It's made up of lay people, but they can be friends of the Gideons. And even former pastors can be friends of the Gideons. And it doesn't, you don't even have to be a member of the church to be a friend of the Gideons. For the Gideons, you have to be a member of the church. And uh, sometimes that's complications. Some churches look at membership differently. But uh, if you'd be interested in handing out testaments such as this, I can uh, take it to be free. And they give, you the, they give you the first one of these free. You get it in the ESV or King James or Spanish. And I am 90% sure that you would do a better job of witnessing if you have one of these books to give to a person 
than what you're doing now. Everyone has a different approach. And I know Pocket Testament League has a Gospel of John. That's great what you can make available. It's nice if you can give them something after you're talking to them and you can become friends of the Gideons, get this, and you can, when you purchase one, after the first one's free, it costs you about $1.55, I think it is now. So uh, you have that opportunity. Number one, pray for us, keeping us, having us back on an annual basis. You ladies, they're going to have that card display out. Pick up a few of those cards. You'll use them much quicker if you have them at home. We get a lot of Bibles going out because of those cards being used. And the Walmarts are still operating and the drugstores and so forth. But uh, like I say, they don't cost you anything when you pick them up. When you use them, we want you to give for one or more Bibles. And I can assure you what you give through a church offering and the card program goes entirely for the purchase and placement of scriptures. How many lives do you want to change? I changed, I shared how in Albania, one scripture changed five lives. In the Philippines, one scripture, more than 600 churches started. Be faithful to what the Lord has called you. Leaving with a verse, I probably shared it two or three times already. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank, you. Thank you, Lord. Well, I won't belabor this, but uh, you, I am a product of, uh, of the Gideons. I was already saved, but uh, when I was in the Navy, I... Put God aside, but uh, they gave me one of those testaments. And uh, I believe the Spirit of the Lord just encouraged me to read that Bible. And I just thought also that, you know, the, he, we, he was talking about uh, non-believers receiving the Word. Do you know that the Word of God has power to change believers? <laughs> the Word of God has power to change believers as we... As we receive it, it brings life to us. And so uh, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up, the prayer team. <laughs>